everybody. Thanks for hanging in there, Maxine. Hi, Susan. No problem. <laughs> so how are you doing this, this evening? Well, it's nice and cool in my house. <laughs> oh, where are, where do you live? Michigan. 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 Hey, didn't we just meet somebody from Michigan? 
I think so. Nice. Well, got up to 80 today. Wow. So spring is coming. Well, we have dandelions out. Now I can go barefooted outside. <laughs> Are you, would you be interested in like picking dandelions? I heard that like dandelion tea is supposed to be really healthy for you. <laughs> um, I don't do that. I buy it already made up. <laughs> oh, that's better. <laughs> Roasted dandelion root tea. Wow. That sounds that. good, roasted. Yes, it's it's good for your liver and all sorts of stuff. Mm, that's great. So what has the Lord's been speaking to you? Has he been talking to you about anything since uh, Sunday when we talked about freedom? I had a question. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> okay. So Hi, Melinda. Else, somebody else will have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know for me, I keep thinking about there's it to me, it's a big topic. So is the oneness. Oneness is big. Freedom is big. <laughs> there's so many things that you can start getting into. So. And of course, the frequency. I see Tom's all here tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe visually. <laughs> 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 yeah, so he works at um, a health club, a resort, and they just switch their outfits and they have green shirts. And so like to, he had a green shirt and a green hat on when he came over. It's just perfect for him to disappear. <laughs> Hi, Melinda, where are you from? Well, right now I'm in Florida. You're in Florida. Yeah. And is it warm there now? It's been beautiful. Oh, it's good. It's been um, very calm. Um, windy, but, you know, we need the wind. <laughs> Keeps the mosquitoes away. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's beautiful. We head up to North Carolina. Uh, I think I'll go Saturday. And then we're up there till the end of October. So um, you stay there because it's too hot in Florida? <laughs> and we have snowbirds, too. Snowbirds who live in Arizona in the winter and come to Colorado in the summer. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. But this morning I heard the birds chirping. It was beautiful. Just a beautiful song. I'm like, yay, spring. The snow will start melting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we used to live in Pennsylvania, and uh, I couldn't wait for May. Boy, it just seemed like spring would never get there. My favorite flower was the, or the um, dandelion. <laughs> well, we were just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Dandelions are the, the topic. <laughs> <laughs> to begin the freedom talk. Yes. So Maxine has a question. When, when she remembers that we're going to talk about that. Did you have any questions? Um, and, and, you know, I mean, with as do we have to follow that particular theme or sh can we have oh, it more open? That could be open. Yeah. We, we can talk about, <clears throat> I mean, we can 
talk about the freedom genre, or if you guys have other things you'd rather focus on, we can we're flexible with it all. So. And hello, Susan. I see your ceiling. <laughs> or, or no screen, yeah. Yeah. So is it time to start? Oh yeah, we've already started. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do, do, does anybody? Uh, uh, I mean, the, uh, I'll just frame this freedom thing with the idea that one of the definitions is being released from limits or controls. So, um, so that you know, we could follow that trail if you guys want, or if you guys, if you if you want to uh, approach it from a different angle, or discuss something else but otherwise we can you know kind of talk about that if if you got you know yeah because yeah. i already have a place to go with that do you yeah. so so i'm a, an it person and i just happened to be um taking this course on cybersecurity, and it was so interesting because it led into this freedom topic you know like <laughs> And I'm thinking, wow, the deeper you go into that, that mess with cybersecurity and trying to protect yourself from people who have evil intent, you know, the more you realize freedom is a huge deal. I mean, our, our, our country is based on freedom, but then it feels like we're losing our freedom, especially in the midst of this, you know, COVID um, pandemic. And so there's so many different ways to look at, at the freedom angle. And I just keep coming back to this place where it's like, you know, we need to know the truth and the truth will set us free. And it's all in the Lord, you know, and really our true freedom isn't him. It's not in anything that the world can provide for us. And it's just becoming more and more and more intense. And that, you know, then that makes me start going into this whole idea of frequencies and, you know, like what the whole world needs. But um, I know we're going to talk about it on Sunday, too. Mm -hmm. Do you join us on Sunday, Melinda? Awesome. Um, uh, so as often as I can. Yeah. I have a meeting in the mornings. And, yeah, I try. I, I love it. That's great. So, I mean, and what you were just talking about, so then I was thinking about, because um, in a way, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the, in the words that you were saying, there was a little bit of a degree of victimization that maybe you were, you know, kind of... Well, if you go into the whole yeah, so, uh, arena of protecting yourself yeah, from, I, okay. You so, know. Let's, in yeah. talking about that, so there was a. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a a prisoner of war in I, I forget which concentration camp he was in. He was a he was a psychologist, and he, uh, as a prisoner, changed the way he thought about his circumstances. I think his name was boy. I can't think of his last name. He's a well known guy. Uh, and he's written some bo uh, different books about it, but he was able to, by changing his mindset, he became freer than the guards that were guarding him. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't think of it at the moment. Yeah, did we watch a movie about that? Uh, no, not that I know of. Okay. Anyway, um, I wish, I'll try and find his name. But the idea being that gets back to, um, you know, our, our freedom 
in Christ, Christ, you know, the, the Trinity being inside of us, all of that, to me, this is really a, a journey about how we are in relationship with God within us. And because God is, in, is within us and we're a dwelling place for the Trinity, why would we be uh, not be free? What would keep us from being free? If that, you know, if, if that's a functional reality to experience, what would keep us from being free? Um, and so, to me, that would, gets into the idea of, you know, the promises and, and even people talking about, I think Nancy Cohen has a book called, Limit, is it Limitless? Yeah. Limitless. And Justin Abraham had that vision of the human spirit. I don't know if you guys read the book, Beyond Human. And in that book, he describes having that experience of encountering this entity. And he asks God, what is that? And God says, that's the human spirit. And, and God, and that wasn't what amazed him. What amazed him was God telling him that the human spirit has the unlimited capacity to grow. So it, so these, it, it, and you guys, if you, if you have some ideas or, 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 or confirmations, but it, but it appears that biblically we're, we're, God's called us, we're, we're, you know, seated with Christ in heavenly places and that we are to be co-creators with Christ who's not limited he has no limitations. And so it appears that that's actually God's destiny that we operate unlimited in an un unlimited capacity. That that's our, you know, end game, you could say, or, or one of the qualities that we are to be, that's available for us to step into. And so then it gets back to looking at, well, then what would limit us? What is limiting us or what would limit us? And then that would get, to probably for most of us or all of us, I would imagine it's how we think, then the thoughts that are in our head and the, and the cycles of thoughts that we go through living our living, going through the day and, and, and our experiences with our circumstances and our reactions to them is what is limiting us, it would seem. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're just having a dialogue and I'm open to anybody that has any comments about that. Concerning that, and then the other thing would be our theology could could very much limit us. Also, um, for example, you know, I mean, uh, I Mike Parsons back in 2018 he had six conferences, and one of the conferences, one I forget the specifics, but it was basically about deconstruction, and he had deconstruction of our understanding of the Bible, deconstruction of this and that, and he was describing how he had to unlearn some beliefs so that he could align with the Father's heart for all that he had for him. Which gets back to, again, another area of, of being limited would be in our theology. And so then that gets to um, our, the very thoughts that we have and how we think. And then there was a gentleman on this call last week and he talked about how he gets free from his mind by, he, he has this little technique where he tells his mind to like, and maybe, Maxine, you remember what he said, but it was something along the lines where he just tells his mind to, like, be, you know, lay down or, you know, keep a low profile. Shut up. <laughs> and, and so the idea of that would be, because, you know, I mean, like, that, that was kind of, a, I've been kind of practicing that this week, because with the idea being, wait a minute, my thoughts are not supposed to be the final reality or controller or decision maker 
so that means that I can actually tell my thoughts, bring my thoughts in subjection to my intention or my heart. So these are, we're just talking about these ideas of, of how to learn to practice unlimitedness and, and what does that look like. And so that's kind of that, you know, that, which to me it all gets back to being free or freedom. What is freedom? It's being, un, you know, operating in, in, without any constraints or limitations. And okay. if you guys have other ideas or vantage points towards this, but I believe with, um, it seems that, uh, that that is the Father's desire that we grow. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a continually, like the, the universe is constantly expanding, that God wants us to be, have the wherewithal or the ability to keep expanding and growing, which is pretty darn challenging. And I know even Susan, who who uh, she's on the, she's not participating, but she's uh, we see her. I see her window. She had a vision where she she had a vision where, and, and, and maybe you can remember so I don't misdescribe it. So we're there, or this person has a vision. This person, and they have to let go of everything that they know, so that they can move forward into the next expansion, and then. At, after that, it, once they kind of accumulate or assimilate to that expansion, then they have to let go of everything they know to go into the next expansion. So there's something about being limited by our thoughts and our belief systems and finding a, a protocol or a technique whereby we can slowly nurture the ability to not be so tied to our thoughts, but just fellowship with the Trinity within us through breathing or through whatever, and so to develop a relationship, almost like a vibration or energy relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that requires less thoughts and theology, you know, but just it's just a relational communing together. And that through that communing, he let him plant seeds into us of ideas. You know, I think in Corinthians it says spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. So, I've anyway, I was just... To me, that would be maybe a a useful thing to nurture and to develop that spiritual muscle. Anyway, what do you guys think? Any thoughts or comments about all that? Yes, I'm well, still looking for the one sentence. <laughs> you, <you're, laughs> the one sentence that does it all. Oh, like so. There's that. Yeah. You know, in, in quantum physics, they're looking for the uh, the theory of everything. This T O E toe. Theory of everything, so that one theory that explains everything, you know, because you know, because there's there's still a lot of contradictions in quantum physics. So, so, um, I think Maxine was going to say something. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Maxine, did you have something to say? Well, Second Corinthians ten five says, "Casting down imaginations and every high thing Ooh. that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, Ooh. and bringing into captivity." every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. I thought of that last week when JP was talking because you're talking about thoughts, but you can either let the thoughts pass through your mind and just say, uh, one lady used to say, that's not my thought, and, you know, move on. And But if you want to, you. you can take it and you can take it captive and you can make it an intention. So there's mm -hmm. more than one way that you can deal with the thoughts. Yeah. 
I agree. And especially, you know, when you think about how um, Yeshua only spoke what he heard the Father speak. He only did what he saw him doing. And same with Holy Spirit, you know, so... Um, and we're supposed to be conformed into his image, not because it's, you know, law and legal and harsh and everything, but because it's the loving ways of the Father. And he knew that we were going to be in this time where if we look at what everyone else is saying and thinking and doing, you know, then we could get caught up and not have our freedom. But to do, you know, as you said, to submit those thoughts and say, what's your vantage? Perspective. Uh, that's what I keep coming back to. Like one word. <laughs> that's where I would go. I would say it's all about perspective. You know, if we have his perspective and we think his thoughts, then we'll have emotions that are centered around that and actions that are around that and will be different than the world and the world will take notice because we're not responding like everybody else. I think for my... Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, so, Maxine. The Bible says that um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But there's yep. another one that um, I think that maybe that's the right one. But the word thinketh means to act as a doorkeeper. And so... Ooh. If you're a doorkeeper, you're going to keep those thoughts. You know, you're going to be the one opening the door, letting them in or keeping them out. Yeah, that's really interesting, too, because when you think about being a doorkeeper, that means you have to be aware and always ready to engage at any moment to say, no, not that thought. And I was even thinking about, you know, the the Hebrew word for word. <laughs> Because it, it starts with the D, which is the door, the entrance, you know. And so here's the word word, which means it's the entrance to the house, you know, bait for the bar. And then R being, I think R is what, leader? The house of the, so it's the entrance into the house of the leader. That's what the word is. And so, like you said, it's the gatekeeper to make sure that does this but need to go in. Can this be allowed into this house? Are we going to close the door? Or are we going to allow it to come in? <laughs> and then there's that, you know, Proverbs. Uh, it's funny. The only scripture I ever really memorized was Proverbs three, five, and six, which is as a, is a. Uh, <laughs> I can remember it. <laughs> um, Lean not upon your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and He will direct your paths. Which gets back to lay down, you know, laying down our understanding. And, and so, you know, in, in these different journeys we see and different ones that are, whether they be in the church or wherever they're at on their journey of, of into more, everybody, ha, you know, has, is faced with dealing with their theology and their belief systems and, and, their, and their understanding. And so I was thinking about or pondering or wanting to, to develop more of a leverage to, so that my understanding is not the final, you know, it doesn't have too high of a, of a place in my operating, in my relationship with the Lord, that my understanding can be secondary to my just uh, communing with the Lord and, and fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And so, but yet for so many people, understanding is a really important a need that they have to feel safe to move forward. And if they don't understand it, then they're like, oh, I'm stuck because I don't understand it. And I think Gil talks about taking it, holding it loosely or putting it in the clo- in the storage cabinet or whatever. Um, so that's another thing. I think that it seems that the Lord on this jer- progressive journey we're on, that we have to learn to, to br- let our understanding take second seat to our intention and heart, it would seem. Yeah. I like what Richard says here um, on, I think that's YouTube. Oh. Um, he says... He's commanding his mind. In the name of Jesus, I command you, mind, to come under my spirit. I command you to sit on the government of my mind. Spirit, take your rightful place in Jesus' name. That's good. Yes. Uh, um, Well, then another kind of arena, I mean, we've probably talked about it before and it's been discussed, is... How, how powerful our intention is and how creative it is. And so, but we, we, again, become victims instead of realizing how powerful we are to move forward in the Lord by just our intention and by setting our focus and then letting the understanding uh, come, you know, secondary to just a flow of following the, you know, the Lord and following the Spirit. So, um, anyway, I, there, there's something to that of, of, of the, of, that we are created in God's image and we're creative beings and our very thoughts are creative and the intention of our heart is creative. So, um, anyway. I'm s- That's good. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Diane, should I be watching these these comments more? And they're right there. Yep, they are. Okay, I can't I can't quite see them, but. <laughs> um. So um, intention and that gets back to that scripture that says um, he looks at the intention of our heart. You know, there's like so much grace if we are if our intention is to do something right, but we kind of flub it up with our words or something. Then he's looking at the intention. Well, there's That's a good. there's a discerning when you look at Hebrews four twelve because it says for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. Now it pierces the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, but it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents mm. of the heart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't divide them; it discerns. Mm-hmm. So then that gets into like the quantum physics part, right? Where there's all these um, particles and waves that are out there. And when you look at something for a while, then it starts forming and becomes something solid, which is our intention because we're intently looking at that thing. Well, that, I mean, that's so, you know, that, you know, that the observer principle in quantum physics where, you know, they've, they've, you know, maybe you guys are familiar with that, where they've done laboratory experiments over and over and over, and if they observe the experiment, it changes the outcome. So their very presence of the human being and their intention and focus on it affects the material activity going on in their experiment. 
So that would, in some respects, kind of reflect being created in God's image, how creative we are just in our intention and focus, that what we focus on is creative. That's why how we think about ourselves is such a big deal, because of any any of the negative framework or thoughts we have concerning ourselves are creating a imprisonment that we are now trapped in. When that gets back to why it's so important to continue to learn to align our thoughts with the Father's thoughts towards us. And so it's, uh, you know, e- you know, easy to say, but could be challenging to do. <laughs> so it's interesting when you start bringing, you know, like the, the thoughts, um, being in charge of your thoughts and bringing them uh, captive. And then you think about belief and faith. What do we really believe? And what is yeah. our heart saying? Sometimes we can have a theology and we think that's what we believe, but then our thoughts are disagreeing intention and saying, you're divided, yeah. you're divided. Yeah, that's a whole other thing of how, you know, not knowing how much our thoughts affect our body and, you know, and, and in the negative things that could be causing in our body that we're not aware of, that there's a tie to that. Yeah. So I find that, like, emotions are a really good way of of using them as discernment, as you were saying, Maxine, you know, like if you're if your heart's beating really fast, well, then you're probably into some kind of anxiety. And if you're into anxiety, what are the thoughts that are behind that? And then if you look at those thoughts, well, what are the beliefs that you have and where is your trust in the Lord? And then, you know, for me, it's it's a pretty good, helpful tool in discernment to find out, you know, where I am in trusting the Lord. Yeah, I totally agree with that, with the emotions. I, For myself, I would think that would be where, uh, you know, I don't know, um, have the, the, the most difficulty in taking that thought and grabbing hold of it, <laughs> you know, and like putting it up to the Lord and, uh, yeah, that would be my my one issue as far as really um, just taking that captive and being aware of it, putting it in front of me, and and just you know like Lord, where do I go with this? Where do I go with this? You know? Yeah. yeah. Do do you? Um, do you much like just listening to the Lord and or, or or meditating or breathing, doing any of those kind of things that are where, where you're learning to like focus on something besides what you're thinking? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I do the breathing, I do the meditation, um, I do a lot of listening, <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of listening. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, but as listening to you know that still small voice, that's um, something I definitely need to practice. Taking that time, you know. Yeah. 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 So going back to what. But Maxine, you go along, and you, and you feel like you're, you know, 
you're grabbing the thoughts, you're, you know, you can comprehend every, you know, comprehend the one being one. And, you know, he was talking about the gentleman who was in prison and taking his mind and taking himself into another mind frame. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, you can get there, right? But then there's the, the, for me, some of the daily things that are constant, constant, constant. So for me, I think that would be grabbing that every, you know, each and every time and, and being aware and placing it before the Lord and doing that shift of thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Grabbing that thought and, and looking at the intent, <laughs> you know, and, and just taking that shift, that mind shift, you know, that heart shift. And it seems like it takes time, right? You have to have the, like, learning how to be a multidimensional person where things Absolutely. are happening at you, coming at you, and you want to, like, filter these things. Okay, what are the emotions? What are the thoughts? What are the beliefs? Am I trusting? How do I respond? You know, and then if you find that you have something that maybe isn't aligned, then, you know, it normally takes a little while to process through that, but you're living life maybe in the midst of things changing all around you. Um, yeah, I agree. It's can be challenging. Oh, I, I did find <coughs> the 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 gentleman's name is Victor Frankel. That's the guy that was in the concentration camp. It's V I K T O R, Victor, and then Frankel F R A N K L, and he's the one that you know was able to become in his own mind more free than the guards that were guarding him by how he looked at his perspective on everything. He was a... I think I might have even read that years ago. Yeah. Years yeah. ago. Anyway, but that's that just shows you the power of our... of And there's a scripture, greater is he that rule, who rule, greater is he that rules his own spirit than he that takes a city. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Which it gets, which would get back to. I should try and find that. Get back to you know our ability to rule over ourselves is actually more important than almost anything else, and uh, that the Lord wants us to continue to develop that relationship with Him internally, so that we're not no you know we're we're less and less victimized by whether it be. Uh, you know, uh, gene, you know the things passed down through our DNA of emotional and, and and thoughts and whatever it might be, but that we're that, that that's part of being free was becoming not is not being a victim, um, and that's why anyway that's that's a whole, whole other kind of discussion concerning. I mean, like for example, the idea of like like an intercessor's. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my kind of maybe viewpoint of intercessors typically has been, at least to some degree, bad circumstances show up, then they pray. 
responding to circumstances, bad circumstances, and then pray. That you know, uh, challenging circumstances, pray. So there's not really a creative. You're not. There's not really a co-creating with Christ in that, because we're 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 victims of circumstances, and then we're asking God to to come and affect the circumstances. Whereas whereas it seems there's a, there's a another le- place to be in where instead of re- being rea- reactionary to things, we're actually proactive and we are actually bringing things forth that don't exist or that God wants to bring from heaven and earth that we're actually a gateway or a portal to to bring those into the into the in, in, into creation. And that that's why God designed us the way he designed us. That's why our intention is creative. That's why our thoughts are creative, because we're actually designed to do that. And it gets back to how how we think and what we are focus, focusing on. So, and, and that's something, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a great progression, though. You know, because if you don't even intercede, if you don't even pray, if you just let circumstances come and, and overtake you, you know, then you're not setting your intention. You're not changing your mind. So um, when you intercede, when you pray, then you are using your intention. Yeah. You want to change things, you know, and it's a progression of leading to what you were talking yeah. about that, you know, eventually as we engage more and more, then we learn how to be co-creators. We learn how to, to govern and um, and find out, you know, his rhema word for the right now. Okay, how do you want me to, re- what do you recommend for me responding to this situation so your kingdom can come forth instead of what right. someone else's agenda is? And and that's exactly what I, I mean by the whole mind shift, is yeah. that that's what we're learning to do. And when things are, you know, really close to your heart, you really, you know, it is it is a practice, 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 learned process to, like I, you know, you were saying, you grab that and you say, Lord, how do I, how do I co-create with you a totally different, um, you know, situation or and and um, that's what I, I love about a, a lot of the what Gil and Adina are doing is teaching how how to go into that process immediately and and I, I mean it it totally does free you and the Lord he does free you of you know, um, honestly, so many things, so many things, but there is life and, (laughs) you know, and there you go. I was like, okay, where your children are concerned and things like that, well, you have to really go into that mode of taking stepping back and just how do I, Lord, shift this? from, you know, the mind to, to, to be in one with you and creating, speaking out what needs to be spoken over this, you know, and you guys say it way better though. (laughs) 
I think he's had it great. <laughs> I know I've heard Ian Clayton talking about as he progressed on and he would, you know, like he would say, I don't believe what I believed two years ago. And, you know, this progression. And I remember him also talking about how important that that, that, that surrendering becomes more and more important. Letting Absolutely. go. So, uh, so that we're not trying to control or hold on to things, but we're letting the Lord, we're, we're surrendering our will to the Lord's and then, then being in a place where we can be response responsive to follow the Lord's whatever he's saying concerning whatever it might be. So that's, uh, Diane, should I look at some of these comments? Sure, go ahead. I'm trying to look at these comments, and so I see. So uh, um, as he looks at the comments, I was just, oh, sorry, I, oh. I lost it. I was going to say something. <laughs> There's one, and I, again, for uh, the, it, this comment is, is that, is that like drawing from your future to pull you out of your current situation and pulls you to your future? And this one is an example of one, that, uh, and he was given the example of having grown up in total poverty, surrounded by poverty-driven people. And so, uh, so that you were ended up being reactive instead of proactive the way of corporations. Great point, Diane. In the Old Testament, people were under the law, and it's deeper than what's on the surface. Yeah, that's, yeah. Anyway, I was just going to share some of those comments. Um, so, it this gets this is it's like a transformation journey from uh, line upon line, precept upon precept of walking through transformation, and it is a process because it because our mind only grows through process. It seems wouldn't it? It'd be nice if it was like an instant thing, but it's just not doesn't work that way. It is a process. So I was thinking about what you said about surrendering. So, you know, when we surrender to the Lord's will and that, how does that fit in with freedom? And so maybe other people who aren't believers would say, well, that doesn't sound like freedom if you're surrendering to somebody else's will. But then when we know that his will <laughs> is for our best, you know, above and beyond what we could possibly think or imagine, then, you know, that's that's true freedom because he's going to lead us into that great path for us. He's going to work all things out for good because we love him and we're called according to his purpose because we're seeking after all that he wants. But for the world to look at it, they would say, well, that's not freedom. You're just giving up your will all the time. But then if they follow their will, then they could end up doing things that, you know, just like the Israelites and the repetition that we saw in the Bible, you know, that they would do what was right in their own eyes. And then pretty soon they're caught up in slavery. They turn their back on the Lord. You know, uh, they're caught up in a, some kind of catastrophe. And then they're like, Lord, save me, save me. And that's when they want to do his will again. And I can remember the first time I read the Bible, I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about uh, Catherine Wang and her, I don't know if you guys are familiar or, or listen to the King, the Kingdom Talks stuff with her, <laughs> talking about God as her husband and all, that, and all of that and all of the implications of that. And then of the idea, well, if, you know, because it, and it is in, you know, it's in, it's in Hosea and other places where God, in God's heart, 
was actually that that was the end game was for him to be married to human beings. And so then that gets into the discussion about being equals. And so obviously God probably can't be, we, we, we may not be ready to step into that level of relationship if we're still victims. Because now how can he be married to an equal who's also enslaved to, you know, a victim to other things, other things that are happening to them, then that's not a very good equal partner for God, it, w- it would seem. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that just so reminds that, me of Moses. That, but so that gets back into these levels where we're at, we're yeah. at different levels and of growth and maturity and that we, we, we have to just kind of go through the process of each level and learn and, and overcome on that level so we can go into the next level of maturity and we just keep kind of going up, you know, up, up, you know, in this progression of uh, intimacy with with the Godhead. So um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about you know when um, Moses went up to the mountain and he had the ten, got the Ten Commandments, and then they they came down to give it to the people, and they saw this wickedness that was going on, and you know how the Lord wanted to just do away with them. And um, so when you were talking about, um, Tom, about... When you were talking about marriage, you know, and our perspective from, you know, like servant and friend and son and, and spouse, that he actually was engaging more when he said, but Lord, you don't want to destroy them. There was, those are your people. They're called by your name. You know, he was not just accepting what the Lord had to say. He was negotiating with him. Yeah. And so that's more of the equal that you were talking about. Uh, yeah, that the one can affect the other one's de- decisions and choices. Right. Yeah. So it, it uh, yeah. Well, did you know we have three brains? No, I've heard some of that, but go ahead, um, share. Iko Horman, uh, she's a 92-year-old lady now um, who's worked with AI, She with the government, and she's a research scientist. And they thought that there was only neurons in our brain, but we have neurons in our gut and in mm-hmm. our heart mm-hmm. so we have three brains yeah and she teaches how you can switch from the negative to the positive and i can't remember exactly i've, I've got it all written down but when you have a negative thought you can take it goes up above your uh, ears which is the amygdala and you switch from that thought to the septum which is like above your eyebrows and then there's switching points for each one of them whereas like if you were like fight or flight thing you can switch you know switch switch from the negative to the positive that's cool but you got to do it quick because your, your brain doesn't, um, when, when these neurons run back and forth, they think faster than what, <laughs> what you think that they should before you 
you know, really even start to say anything, a comment as to a reaction, the thought has already been processed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, people are who they are. Go ahead. <laughs> so, no, I didn't. I didn't mean to in interrupt you. So, I didn't want you to stop if you had more to say. No, fine. Oh, okay. No, um, fine. So, now that you said that, I do remember someone talking about those three brains, um, and I don't remember the details of it, you know, either. Um, but it does remind me of some other techniques that that I've heard people do to reprogram the brain, you know, where because um, you said you have to do it fast. Uh, one of them was, you know. I think it was the Culpeppers where you do the tapping. You tap on certain places and you say certain things. And um, another one was that you you take the thought that you don't want to have and um, it's in front of you. And then you think of the replacement for that that you want to have and you put it like in the bottom corner of your imaginary vision. And then you say, swoosh! And you bring it, you explode it really big in front of you so it's bigger than what the bad thought was. And if and then you just keep practicing it, like we were talking earlier. You practice it um, before you need it. And um, so that it does something to the brain to program it to where when you start thinking of that thing, now all of a sudden the swish comes up. You practiced it so many times that it pops in. And now the old thought is gone and you have this new thought because it had action and you know related to it I thought that was really interesting it was also interesting to try and practice doing that because it took discipline you know to think of what you want okay I'm this is the thought I want to have mm -hmm. whoosh you know <laughs> multiple times I don't know maybe you guys have heard of some of those ways or maybe some other ways well Mine is different. Um, I was going through the meditations by Adina, and I was breathing in, and I'm thinking, okay, the positive with God's breath and, and blowing out all the bad stuff. And I play Angry Birds, and they have this one character that's called Bubbles. And Bubbles goes and picks up whatever's there and gets to a certain place and pops and the bubble pops and everything disappears. So I started taking different things, breathing in God's whatever. And when I blew out, I saw these little bubbles all over with like fear and it would get so high and it pop and the fear was gone. And so I thought, well, this is pretty cool. You know? So I did that with quite a few different things. And I thought, well, what happens if I do it with the blood? So I, <laughs> I breathed in, and as I blew out, I was thinking of the, the blood of Jesus. Well, it didn't even get in the bubbles. It just, like, splattered all over everything. And I went, well, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's cool. one method. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Have you heard of any other ways? Well, I mean, I was just, you know, thinking about the idea of uh, there's like new age teachings about how um, 
if if you don't put emotion with your with your intention or your thought, that that's a a more effective way to create change is by having feeling with the thought. Because if it's just thoughts, in other words, if you're wanting a new thought or a new, you know, that that having feelings with it yeah. is much more powerful for it to be effective in creating than just having the thought itself. I don't know. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Iko okay. teaches about that. And when she prays for people, she says for you to, like if you have had a trauma and like this one lady almost got raped by a hairy chested man and that's every time she saw a hairy chested man that brought back the memory. Mm-hmm. And so she said, you go back into the same emotion that you had at that time. And then she prays and she claps her hands and the sharp, I don't know, maybe it's the frequency. Yeah. It breaks it and takes that, that yeah. Uh, yeah. switches the emotion to where it's a good trigger and this lady eventually married a hairy chested man. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I've heard of that too. All these ways that science has gone and understood how our brain works and to help us reprogram it. But it still lines up with what God said initially. Science is just confirming what God already said, you know. So uh, as far as um, the, you know, the uh, free of limitations, I don't know if you guys watched that Kingdom Talks with, I think her name was F- uh, Fior <laughs> Fiorella Giorda Giorda <laughs> not... Did any of you guys see that Kingdom Talks? Yes, the last interview. <laughs> and and what we and so her whole like calling is to explore and expand and and find ways to get outside of limitations and step into the infinite. So that's uh, to me. I really am. In, I, I I'm really. Uh, I don't know if the word is encouraged, but I really like that. That's her mantle or her or her calling is to be uh, exploring that and stepping into that you know, specifically as a focus. So, um, anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm... She might be a forerunner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did listen to her, and, um, and I'm, I'm not sure if I've got this down. I would probably need to listen to it like five more times. <laughs> but she talks about the space, right? Of of um, where the, where two come together. It's the empty sort of. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's where everything kind of happens. Where you've got the say, and I'm just gonna sort of like how I read it. How the spirit you know, the Lord, and then yourself, and then you have the eternity, but it, it all comes together in, in one, in, in one, in, in the creating. And 
so I, I'm listening and I'm thinking, see, it even still boils down to one thing. And to me, it's simply love. Oh, of, yeah, yeah. Because she, did you remember that quote you know, she said where, I don't know if it was the guy that used to work on the peanuts a long time ago. I forget yes. his name. And she talked about that, that if you love something, you unlock its its secrets. Right. Right. And right. that so that would imply that in this expansion, love is really the key that unlocks the doors. And if it's just a, um, so that would get back to if it's just a academic, I want to understand because I want to know more and blah, 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 all that stuff. But if there's not love attached or motivating it, then there'll be, it won't unlock as fast or may not unlock. Well, is that uh, what Viktor Frankl did when he was in the prisons? I don't remember. I don't know. The guy that you were talking yeah, about at yeah. the beginning? That, that, yeah, that may be that he, he may have changed his, his attitude towards them. But, um, I mean, but, that really made <coughs> me start thinking about things like, okay, if you're in a, like a concentration camp, you know, and you're loving people so much and you're, you're more free than the guards, you know, what, what are, what's well, happening? Well, like I wonder. Cause loving I, them so much, you well, know? Well, it gets back to like, you know, the, the uh, forgiveness, you, you, you don't hold offense towards anybody. You don't, you don't take offense at, at, at whatever's going on or how you're treated or, or whatever. And that, uh, so that you can love. And right. so, um, that that would make me that made me think of that that how could you do that without forgiving and not holding offense because yeah. those are all in the end those are all frequencies that somehow lock us up and end up damaging us more than they they do uh, they they're 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 like self created you know wounds that we do to ourselves by not forgiving or by holding offense which is an, another interesting thing yeah but. Yeah. So, so for my, so for myself, you know, when I when I'm when I'm thinking on that or meditating on that, first, you know, to me, the Lord's got to show me what's in that person, you know, through His eyes. But it's almost like like a separation of yourself from yourself. It, does that make sense? I mean, you, you've, sep you've set aside or separated yourself, and what's left? You know, I mean, well, I guess it would go to the to the surrender. You, you've surrendered whatever it is that is in you or is coming through you to the Lord and it's that exchange that meeting that exchange of him in mm -hmm. and through you I mean am I thinking right <laughs> no I see where you're I going mean, me, it just it just kind of uh, always comes back to like you said it's it's releasing yourself to the Lord and so that he is in and through you. And you and see that person totally different. I mean, you see that person 
I guess, like the Lord sees them. You, you just, and you've separated everything you are for him to come through. I mean, it's not your thoughts anymore, you know? When I hear you say that, it reminds me of the perspective again, to just take away the perspective of self looking at something and look at like the Lord looking at the person or, or even looking at the person from the person's point of view. It's, yeah, that's a loving way. Yeah. And that leads me to want to talk about a whole bunch of other things, but then I'm looking at the time and, and we have run out of time. But we still have Sunday. <laughs> so what, what were the other things you were going to talk about? I'm just curious what they... Um, it had to do with perspectives and identity and forgiveness and freedom and love. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, but we can pick up on it on Sunday. I so appreciate you guys joining us tonight. It's been an intimate gathering. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah, I it's a pleasure. I, I feel like we just scratched the surface and that if there were, because the, the, a lot of other people would have a lot more insights concerning this that they, they could share. This is such a, you know, a deep, you know, a, an ending reality to explore and, and to learn to, how to practice and experience, you know, and become a part be, and integrated into us. Yeah. So. Anyway. Important, especially in this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like God saying, be on this freedom part for a while. I mean, I'm sure he would also talk about love. We haven't even gotten to that one, right? <laughs> but they're all interconnected. Anyway, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight This for this time together. I appreciate you guys. And uh, I hope you'll join again next week. We'll be filling in again and see you on Sunday. Oh, oh and... If, if somebody has a specific, you know, do, you know, like, should we like, like if somebody else wants it to, it to be a focus on a particular genre? Well, we already put out what Sunday's going to oh, be about. Right, You're I talking mean, about next, on next Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. If you have a topic you guys yeah. want to talk about. Yeah. We could always go do that mm -hmm. also. So that this is a dialogue, not a, you know. Uh, yeah. Top. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what we do on Saturdays, just hang out in the family room with a bunch of friends and talk about things of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And let us take us somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, love and blessings to you guys. Thank you so much you for too. being here. We'll Wish see you, you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. -bye. Woo